All right, all right. Welcome back to the Strongest Ride podcast. You are here with Sophie Lane today, one half of the show. My co-host Lydia Mackay is off gallivanting somewhere, I'm sure. I actually don't know what she's up to, but it is a Saturday afternoon. I'm doing a bit of a last minute recording. This will be out tomorrow morning and I'm hoping that you're going to gain some very valuable knowledge from today, but I'm going to leave it as an open discussion. We're going to talk about some ideas around lactate threshold training and particularly What's going on with this whole double threshold method? So we'll get into that shortly. But firstly, just a little update from me. I'm going well. Thank you for asking. Um, tomorrow is the Beta Bay. Now, if anyone on the Central Coast, Beta Bay is the highlight on the running calendar every year. And I have done the Beta Bay every year since I want to say 2011, maybe. So maybe 12 years strong now. Um, and it's just that one that's always on the calendar. I like to go and catch up with old friends and it's quite nostalgic for me and some good memories on that course. So it should be fun. I'm not super excited just because of my hamstring situation that's been going on for the last two or three months now. Um, I haven't done any speed work in a while. I've been just jogging very short, slow runs. So I don't feel like I'm in my finest form, but it's going to be a fun day nonetheless. So looking forward to that. And the hamstring is definitely on the mend. I did 10 10Ks this morning, uh, which was not ideal for (laughs) the day before the race. Um, But anyway, everything's feeling okay. uh, And just gradually building up volume. Haven't added any intensity tomorrow. So, oh, sorry, any intensity yet. Tomorrow will be a bit of a test. Uh, I'm going to try not to push it too hard because it'll probably just end up sending me back and it's not really worth it. So I'm going to treat tomorrow more as just like a steady tempo controlled kind of effort. Um, a little bit faster than what I've been doing, but nothing, not setting any records, that's for sure. So that's that. If you are new to the podcast, uh, normally we have an episode every fortnight with a guest. And then in the alternate weeks, we do a solo episode rotating between myself and Lydia, who is a physiotherapist and all-round good human. So today you are just with me and we are talking about double threshold training and particularly what's been going on in the world of Norwegian athletics and the Ingebrigtsen brothers and family and how they've been training and how that can potentially influence your training for the better and what sort of practical takeaways that we as everyday recreational fun run weekend warriors can do. Okay, so we're obviously not at the level that these guys are at, but I think we can still take away some principles. And I think it's interesting to understand what the people at the top are doing and and whether we can take away any kind of components of that and apply it to our own training methodology. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. Now, there's plenty of research that I've been going through, which I'll have linked below if you want to dive a little bit deeper and understand it a little bit clearer. I'm going to try and keep things as simple as I can and not bog you down in too many technical terms because I'll probably just get confused myself to be honest but there'll be some plenty of info linked below we've got some resources from Nick Jankowskis who we had on the podcast a while ago his YouTube channel is filled with information he's recently put up a video about lactate threshold so definitely worth checking that one out to get a little bit more context around lactate specifically Um, we'll go over a bit of an overview on it today and then dive into a little bit more about the double threshold and how that applies to your own training so First things first, what is lactate? Now, I've recorded this a couple of times and I'm struggling to uh, articulate it in a clear and concise way. But basically, what I want you to think about is let's make it really simple. We've got two main energy systems. There's technically three, but we're going to say two for simplicity's sake. We've got one that is aerobic, one that is anaerobic. Now, aerobic means with oxygen, anaerobic means without oxygen. 
So our first system, the aerobic system, this is our low intensity. So this is your easy jogging pace, zone one, zone two, low effort. You can chat, you can keep it comfortable. You're not working too hard. That's when our aerobic system is dominating or doing majority of the work. As we start to push higher into our higher intensity efforts, past our lactate threshold, into something where it's becoming more uncomfortable, we're struggling to maintain that pace or it's it's getting quite tough, then our anaerobic system starts to have a bit more of an effect and starts to contribute a little bit more. It's pretty rare for one of those systems to be working in isolation by itself. It's more of a distribution of which one's doing more of the work. Okay, so as it starts to get harder and we're working harder, heart rate's higher, we're into our lactate threshold or beyond, then that anaerobic system is taking over. Now, when we're in this anaerobic system, oxygen is limited, okay? So we're not able to get as much oxygen to the muscles or we require more oxygen, but this system is quite slow, okay? So the anaerobic system is a little bit quicker, so it's more effective at getting us energy quicker when we need it, when we're starting to struggle, when we're at these higher intensities. So a substance called pyruvate is converted into lactate, which therefore allows glucose production, which means we get energy, which means we can carry on. Okay, so if we if we couldn't take hold of this system, if we couldn't utilize this system, we would struggle at this intensity. We would either have to stop or we'd slow down. But because of this lactate system, because of the anaerobic system, we're able to break down glucose without the oxygen required, which means we get it quicker, we get the energy a little bit faster. Okay, so it's glucose sitting in your system. We can break this down. And as a byproduct of that, lactate is produced. So lactate isn't the devil, but as we start to work a little bit harder, our lactate increases because we're producing more than we can clear. So when we're at rest or when we're at low intensity, lactate's being produced, but it's also just being cleared out of the system at a pretty similar rate. And what we start to see as the intensity increases is that the accumulation is kind of equaled with the removal. And then all of a sudden it's accumulating more than it's being removed. And that's when you start to notice things getting hard. And you would feel this in a race environment or in a training session. You would know there's a there's a point at which you can kind of control things and it might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you're okay. And then as soon as you go that little bit more, whether it's a couple beats higher in your heart rate or a little bit quicker on your pace, things start to struggle. Okay. So lactate is a byproduct of this process. All right. So the concentration of lactate in our blood is measured in millimoles per liter. So at rest, we generally sit at one to two millimoles on average. Our aerobic threshold, so our kind of zone two lower intensity is usually around the two millimole mark. Our lactate threshold, which we're going to be talking about today, is usually about the four millimole mark. And then beyond that, it starts to really spike. So what you'll see if you're doing a lactate test or... Um, generally just speaking about the lactate curve is that it starts quite linear starts in kind of a plateau it's really flat to begin with and then all of a sudden we get this spike so what's happening there is we're in that aerobic system everything's quite comfortable the lactate's getting produced and cleared at a really similar rate and then all of a sudden we reach this point where the body just can't handle it anymore okay so that accumulation starts to spike we're making more lactic acid or lactate than we're able to clear so all of a sudden that number rises the concentration rises and we really start to struggle and that number just carries on going higher if if we're maintaining or increasing our intensity until we just can no longer hold on okay so generally in those sort of lactate threshold tests 
you'll continue on and you might get up to eight millimoles, maybe 10, 12, depending on how much pain you can push through. It can go quite high. But if we're talking about lactate threshold, it generally sits around four millimoles of uh, lactate per liter as a concentration in your blood. So obviously we don't all have access to uh, a lactate scout or any sort of uh, blood measurement device. So what are some other ways that we can figure out our lactate threshold? If we're wanting to know what our lactate threshold is, we know it's around four millimoles of lactate concentration, but if we don't have access to this technology, then how are we going to know what that is? So there's a couple of different ways to kind of feel what this should feel like. In a really generalized term, controlled discomfort is a nice way to describe it. It's somewhere that you can maintain depending on your level of training. If you're kind of untrained, if you're relatively new, if you're more of a beginner, something that you can maintain for about 30 minutes. If you're quite a trained runner, if you've been running for a couple of years, you're relatively fit, then it's a pace or an intensity that you can maintain for about 60 minutes. So somewhere between that 30 to 60, maybe around 45 minutes, the fastest or the higher and highest intensity that you can maintain for that duration is roughly our lactate threshold so it's controlled discomfort is a good word for it another way of describing it is about seven to eight out of ten on the rpe scale but that's a little bit vague i find rpe is a little bit vague unless you've used it quite consistently and regularly so controlled discomfort something that you can hold for for 30 to 60 minutes depending on your ability and that doesn't mean just a 30 minute jog it means literally how far can you get in 30 minutes so a 30 minute time trial is a really good kind of field-based test that you can do if you don't have access to the testing equipment um, that you can get kind of a rough gauge or rough idea of your heart rate and your pace. So if you're doing this 30-minute test, what I'd suggest is getting the average heart rate of the last 20 minutes of the test, and that's kind of your lactate threshold heart rate as a rough estimate, um, and then also just getting your average pace for that whole 30-minute duration. The reason we only take the, 20, the last 20 minutes of your heart rate it's because of a thing called heart rate drift where your heart rate just slowly kind of rises regardless of intensity changes. Um, so we want to just capture that last 20 minutes to get a better understanding of it because in those early stages, it doesn't really reflect um, your true lactate threshold. Okay, so doing a 30 minute test, make sure you warm up before it and then measure that 30 minutes and go as far and as fast and as hard as you can. Um, and that will give us a good understanding. So it's not a complete all-out sprint, okay? So I think that's where some people get confused, and we'll go into this a little bit later, but it is something that you can control and maintain and sustain for 30 to 60 minutes. So if you are wanting to understand your lactate threshold a little bit more than just going out and doing a 30-minute run, then please let me know because I can test your lactate threshold in the lab. We've got the lactate scout, we've got the VO2 mask, all the information that you need from that. And then you can apply that to your training directly. So links below for that if you're interested. But on our next topic, I want to dive into the double threshold methodology. And what's the deal with that? Seems a bit ridiculous. If you're someone who goes out for a couple of jogs a week, maybe does a track session, why on earth would you be doing double threshold days and multiple double threshold days as well? So firstly, what is this? What's the whole methodology? Who's doing it? What's What does it all mean? So there's been a little bit of... Um, I guess rumors for a while about Jakob Ingebrigtsen's training and something was released. I don't know if it's actually accurate, but this will just give you an idea of what sort of training he's doing. And for those who don't know, he has set multiple records in kind of 1500 meter, 3K, two mile. He wins all the events between basically 1500 and 5K at the Olympics and the world champs and all that sort of stuff. So he is 
the best of the best at the moment in middle distance running. Now, that's a really important factor. We're talking about middle distance runners here. Now, most of you listening, I would assume, are probably 5K to ultra marathon runners. So you've got to take all this with a grain of salt. If you're someone training for a 200-mile event, this isn't going to be very specific for you. But the principles still apply. And I think I will summarize at the end, but what I really want you to take away from this is finding the right intensity for your training, not just kind of running around and not really knowing what you're doing. Obviously, like it depends what you want out of it. If you want to just run for fun, then just run for fun. That's totally fine. But if you're feeling like you want some improvements and you want some changes, then finding the right intensities for specific adaptations is going to be really helpful. So making sure your hard running is actually hard, your easy running is easy running is actually easy running your threshold is actually your threshold because the work to rest ratios the volume the number of repetitions the distances that you're doing all these kind of variables and factors can be quite interchangeable depending on what adaptation you want but we want to be making sure that we're actually hitting those variables and hitting the intensities that we need in order to elicit the right adaptations we'll get into that a little bit more but firstly Jakob's training apparently at some point was Monday morning run and afternoon run 10Ks each at easy pace, which for him, (laughs) this makes me laugh, his easy pace is 3.45 to 3.50 apparently. Um, Tuesday, he did a five by six minute at two millimoles of lactate, which is an interesting one. It's kind of a very low threshold session, I guess, low intensity threshold. And then in the afternoon, he did 10 to 12 at times 1K at 3.5 millimoles of lactate. So building up much closer to the lactate threshold then Wednesday was the same as Monday so two lots of 10k easy runs Thursday six lots of five minutes at two millimoles 20 times 400 meters at 3.5 millimoles in the afternoon Friday was the same as Monday and Wednesday two lots of 10k easy runs Saturday 20 times 200 meter hills at eight to 10 millimoles so very high intensity this would be the hardest session of the week and then some easy threshold work in the evening and then a 20k long run on Sunday. So you can see, first of all, heaps of volume there. I don't know if any of you listening are doing that much volume, um, but it's a lot of frequency. It's a lot of volume throughout the week. So I'm not suggesting any of you go out and just copy that plan and do exactly that or any anything close to that. I think what we need to consider is where we're at right now, what are our goals, and how can any of this relate? But before I give you some specifics in what you can kind of take away from this, I guess we need to understand why why double threshold days? Why is that something that they're utilizing? How is that any more beneficial than just doing one or two really hard sessions or three hard sessions throughout the week? Why are they doing two days a week of double threshold, Tuesday, Thursday? And I guess the primary objective is just to simply attain the highest possible volume at the threshold intensity. So they're just trying to build as much time, as much duration they, as they can at that kind of a little bit slower than race pace so threshold intensity for them their races are only sort of three five 13 minutes long so it's a lot different to us recreational long distance runners who are running for hours on end but they're trying to kind of really increase that duration that they're spending at threshold and also the other benefit to this is that they can recover a lot more from these sessions than they would from their VO2 max sessions. So VO2 max sessions, for those that don't know, are a much higher intensity uh, than a threshold session. And I think that's a really important thing to just drill into your head that just because we're saying threshold, it it doesn't mean it's a really hard session. It should be controlled 
it should be slightly uncomfortable but it's not something that you're completely destroyed from for the next few days and you can't run again and I think that is why they're able to do so much volume with it because for them for the intensity that they're setting it at they're able to recover and adapt and go again two days later because it's just not as hard as a really high intensity VO2 max session okay so how do we apply these principles how is this relevant to any of us if you're listening and thinking there's no way I'm running two times a day every day that's not what I'm saying at all but what I want you to consider are a few things including is your hard running actually hard enough so I would encourage you to get a heart rate strap or use your wrist heart rate if you think it's somewhat accurate and just check out what your heart rate is doing at each of your runs if you're able to get a test done with myself or with Lydia then you can understand a little bit more about your heart rate zones and things like that but otherwise just checking out how your heart rate feels and correlating that to RPE. So if you go out for a run, you get home and you check your heart rate afterwards and it was average of 140, maybe note down how you felt out of 10 and then you can start to correlate your heart rate with your RPE and eventually you'll get a better understanding of how that relates then to your lactate threshold. All right, while we're on the topic of application, I would love to throw to a listener question from Brooke who says is there a place for this type of training for a recreational runner who works full-time I thought this question was really appropriate for what we're talking about at the moment and I think the elephant in the room is that no one's going to be able to fit in the type of training that these professional runners are fitting in because that's all they do they just run I'm sure they do other things but they don't have a full-time job kids family hobbies other things going on running is their life so they're allowed to and they're able to fit all this in so I'm not expecting any of us to do the type of training that I explained before but what I would love for you to consider Brooke specifically and for anyone else listening is for example Brooke I saw you do did a one hour run the other day looked lovely love your new hometown Um, but my question to you would be could you practically change that into two lots of 30 minute sessions so in the morning could you do 30 minutes in the evening could you do 30 minutes now obviously this isn't practical for everyone if you work really late and you've only got an hour in the morning and you can't do a half an hour in the evening then that's not going to work but if you've got the freedom and flexibility to do half an hour in the morning and half an hour at night for example you could do five lots of four minutes on two minute off at lactate threshold pace as your morning session and then in the evening you could do 10 lots of 90 seconds on 45 seconds off Now the first session being slightly longer intervals with a little bit longer rest, you would be looking at doing that at a little bit of a lower intensity. So we would be looking sort of 2.5 to 3 millimoles of lactate or just a little bit below your lactate threshold. And then the later session in the evening, because the efforts are a little bit shorter, you could go a little bit closer to lactate threshold. So trying to get kind of between 90 to 98% of lactate threshold for some of that work. So you could split that up into a slightly longer session that's a little bit lower intensity and then a slightly quicker session that's a little bit faster. Now remembering these aren't all out sprints, this isn't shouldn't completely destroy you, shouldn't be ruined for days after this. These two se- sessions are quite short, quite simple and you should be able to work reasonably hard in that controlled kind of effort. So that would be my question to you Brooke, could you fit that in? I don't know. I'm not sure of your new schedule. And to you listening as well at home, if you're someone who runs for an hour in the morning, could you try splitting it up into two lots of half an hour, just one day a week? So you might run an hour easy Monday morning. Then on Tuesdays, you might do half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night, 
for some threshold intervals. You might have Wednesdays off. You might do an easy hour on Thursday, half an hour Friday, long run Saturday. I don't know exactly your schedule, but something like that. You don't have to do double days every day. You don't have to, these sessions don't have to be huge and long and they can, you can still elicit those adaptations. I think one of the key takeaways within the research, which if you want to know more, um, check out the links below, is the whole idea of having frequent regular exposure to this intensity rather than having one massive really hard session throughout the week if you're doing you know a Tuesday track session where you're working really really hard and you feel like depleted exhausted the next day really struggling legs are cooked you kind of have that dip in your training where you're recovering everything's hurting a little bit you're not able to do much and then you get that super compensation where you recover and you adapt and you get stronger you get that effect kind of once a week but I think what the methodology behind and what the research is saying with this sort of training is because they're doing it two times a week plus that hard session on the Saturday they're getting quite frequent exposure to that higher intensity and that threshold effort and having more frequent adaptations still allowing that little bit of recovery but you just don't need as much recovery as you do when you do those massive really hard all-out VO2 max type sessions so I think that's kind of the key to think about so we've got to be at the right intensity to have the desired effect here um, doing this sort of thing or having double days in general so not necessarily double threshold days but just double days in general is a really nice way to increase your volume without having to increase the duration of your run so if you're thinking like gosh I really can't fit in anything else in the morning I'm doing an hour that's all I've got time for could you do an hour in the morning and then 20 minutes in the evening and that's going to just gradually over time build up your volume and Brooke for you specifically if you're listening I know that you're wanting to start building up your volume and and maybe this could be a good way for you to do it is to break your training up into a couple of runs a, a week a couple of runs a week a couple of runs a day um, and I think for me I've noticed this as well like having those more regular slightly shorter runs I feel as though you recover and uh, you're able to to maintain that a little bit better rather than like if I was to do a 20k run the next day I'd probably be like oh wow like yep I definitely did a 20k run yesterday if I did two lots of 10k runs I just don't think it would even I'd even notice it because you get that little bit of time to recover in between it it doesn't seem to have the same effect so I think that's something worth considering as well um, so yes thank you Brooke for your question hopefully that helped uh, what I would like to do now is go through the next two listener questions and then we'll come back into a little bit more detail to finish off. All right. So friend of the show, Tyler Ng says, have y'all tried it? Now, I want to say that in his accent. Have y'all tried it? <laughs> he said, what? Apostrophe A-L-L, which I just love and is so American. So have y'all tried it? It sounds brutal. Lol. Um, no, I have not tried it and I would love to when I am back from my injury I would love to be implementing this and I would love to just do like a 12 or 16 week training block with this style of training and just to see how it affects me whether I make any progress maybe I could do a 5k time trial at the start go through this training and do another 5k at the end and see if it's had an effect but I think when you said it sounds brutal I think it does on paper but when we break it down and I think even just talking through it today I don't think it's think it's as bad as we think because the thing to remember is that it's threshold it's not max okay so it's it is something that you can maintain it's something you can sustain for 30 minutes to an hour and we're probably only doing you know being exposed to 15 to 30 minutes of it in each session so it shouldn't be something that destroys you so I think it's worth experimenting with depending on your level of training I think I probably should have said at the start a bit of a disclaimer 
don't just go out and try this. I think you need to understand the training a little bit more. I think you need to know exactly where you're at. And I think you need to consult with a coach. So if you're looking for more individual guidance and you'd like to start experimenting with this, but you're not sure where to start, it is quite risky to up your volume and up your frequency of running. So don't do anything too soon, but I would be more than happy to chat with you about it in your own individual circumstances. So Tyler Ng, I would highly recommend you give it a go. I'd love to hear how you go with it. Now, the final question is from Sota. He says, some say that only the best athletes will benefit from marginal gains of double lactate threshold days. Can a sub elite or average runner also benefit? My understanding is that if you stick to true lactate threshold pace, most runners can benefit a lot. Apart from beginners, where there are several things to work on before doing such niche training. Yes. Great question, Sota. As always, I love your in-depth questions and I love how much you are interested in these topics. And I would also love your opinion on all this as well. So I agree. I think if you stick to true lactate threshold pace, and I think that's something I really want to highlight is the importance of sticking with the desired intensity for the desired adaptation. So whatever we're trying to gain, we need to actually be working at that intensity and not kind of guessing. We want to make sure our hard stuff is hard enough. We want to make sure our threshold is actually threshold. We want to make sure our easy stuff is easy. So if we are doing those things, then yes, I 100% think sub elite and average runners can benefit from this. Again, as I said, it's a really nice way for us to accumulate volume, accumulate more time at this threshold pace, which is going to be really relevant and race specific for our events. If we're doing efforts that we can sustain for 30 to 60 minutes and we're a 10k 15k half marathon runner it's going to be really relevant because we're going to be at those intensities for quite a while we're very rarely if ever at our vo2 max effort or pace because we can only sustain that for a few minutes at a time whereas our lactate threshold is something we can sustain for quite a while so it's quite race specific so i think if you're someone who has done months or years of easy running maybe you've done a couple of track sessions you haven't really looked into it much more than that i think this lactate threshold training could be that little bit of an extra edge or something that can help you get out of a plateau if you're currently kind of pretty steady with your improvements and with your training this could be that next level next step up if you're doing just plenty of easy running at the moment I think something to note for more beginner runners is that threshold isn't your maximum effort. And I think the lines can be quite blurred for beginners because, for example, today we had our beginner graduation program, which I love doing. It's one of my favorite things we do at work. And for them, running 5Ks took them kind of between 30 to 35 minutes, which is amazing for their first 5K. But for them, that is their race pace, right? Like that's as fast as they can go. That's as long as they can go. So their threshold is quite confusing because that's their top end max speed that they just did today. So I think for a beginner runner trying to find a threshold pace and whenever I say to my runners like, you know, your threshold pace is something you make you can maintain for 30 to 60 minutes. To them in their head often that's like, oh, that's just a jog cuz I can't really run that fast for that long. So I think trying to prescribe the right intensities Depending on your athletes, you may just need to be a bit more clear with your communication about how to actually describe it and how they can um, relate to that intensity because it can be quite foreign if you're not someone who is really tuned in with their intensity and matching heart rate to RPE into lactate threshold. And if you're not pinpricking and taking blood samples, you're just not going to know exactly what it is. So it's going to take some practice. So I think if you're a beginner, probably don't dive into this too much just yet. For you, I would just say, plenty of easy runs, lots of easy jogging. And then you can start to add in a little bit of higher intensity stuff as you get more comfortable with that. 
Um, a couple of example sessions as well. I wanted you to be able to take away something practical from this episode. So I think we can kind of break it down into three main categories. So first one being our longer sustained efforts, which are just below lactate threshold. So this could be anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes and you could do these as repeats, but the focus of this particular type would be more of that sustained controlled longer effort. Okay. So let's say it's a 25 minute um, effort at kind of two and a half to three millimoles or six or seven effort on the RPE scale, something controlled, but obviously you need to maintain it for that time. The next step from there would be longer intervals. So doing something like two to three, lots of eight minutes, eight to 10, eight to 12 minutes, something around there. Um, and that would be at your lactate threshold pace. So that would be around that four millimole mark. Um, it would be that controlled hard effort Um, but something that you can sustain for that duration again. And then we go into our shorter efforts would be something like four to six lots of five minutes. And this is slightly above our lactate threshold. So this is the thing you can play around with exactly what intensity you're at. You can go slightly below, you can go bang on, you can go slightly above and you're going to get different um, adaptations. I think the thing to consider if you are someone who is going to be doing some double days or adding in more frequency, Trying to keep below the lactate threshold is quite helpful because we're able to recover a lot better from that. It's not as taxing on the body. It's not as high risk in terms of um, injury and overuse and and pushing ourselves too much that we can't recover. So if you're doing it this regularly, then, oh, sorry, if you're doing this relatively regularly, is that a phrase? Um, Try and keep it just below lactate threshold rather than above. Um, In terms of work to rest ratios, this is really important. I think what we can kind of get, um, caught up in is you know doing six lots of 1k efforts or 12 lots of 400 meter efforts or whatever with a set rest time now the trouble with this is it might take one person three minutes to run 1k it might take another person seven minutes to run 1k and if everyone's taking three minutes rest then the person doing it in three minutes is getting a one-to-one work work to rest ratio and the person doing seven minutes is getting a like two to one roughly work rest ratio so the person going quicker is actually getting more rest equivalent to how how long they're running for so I think if you're wanting to do these sort of sessions I'd really be considering the time period so yes you can definitely do 400s but just figure out how long that's going to take you and then calculate your rest breaks from there rather than just doing a set distance with a set rest without considering the duration okay so for our lactate threshold sessions we want the work to rest ratio to be somewhere about two to three work to one rest so what this means practically is a six minute run with a three minute walking rest okay so that's two to one Um, you could also do four minutes on two minutes off Uh, you could do what other maths can I do you could do eight and four Um, there's lots of different ways to do it but that two to three work to one rest ratio um, is a really good way to do it if you are going to introduce double lactate if you feel like you're up for that if you feel like you're ready then you're brave and you're keen and I appreciate the enthusiasm, but again, make sure you're sensible. Don't do anything too crazy. Keep the sessions quite short to start with. Um, make sure you're recovering well, make sure you've got a rest day on the rest day topic as well. I know I'm going off on a few tangents, but doing a double day can be a nice way to add in an extra rest day. So if you're wanting to run, say for example, 60 Ks a week and you're sorry, maths isn't my strong point. So I'm not going to go too much into numbers, but basically If you're running six days a week, but you want to run five days a week and have two days off, then you could potentially do a double day and combine 
two separate runs on two separate days into one day and then you can add in another rest day so you probably will find that you're able to recover better even though you're cramming in two runs into one day because you're allowing yourself that full 24-hour rest day on the the other day so that's another benefit to the double session uh, method as well cool all right I feel like that's the gist of it there's a lot more detail a lot more research that I probably should have gone into at the start but there's a lot of links below so you can check that all out for yourself the main things I want you to consider are know exactly where you're at right now and figure out what is the next step for you if you're a beginner easy running more frequency slowly increasing your duration is going to be helpful if you're intermediate then adding in some of this lactate threshold stuff could be quite helpful for you but potentially just start with one session a week or consider adding in a double day but maybe just start with an easy low intensity double day just to see how you cope with that see if your body's used to and able to handle doing two sessions see if it fits in with your schedule but just keep them nice and easy to start with As you start to get used to that, you could then start to introduce maybe a lactate threshold session in the morning, followed by an easy easy run in the evening. And then after a couple months, you could then start to do the lactate threshold double sessions if that's something that you want to try with. Try if that's something you want to try. Um, Another thing I want you to think about and consider is that potentially this is just a trend. Potentially the Norwegian brothers are just out of this world elite and just on another level and this just happens to be the training that they do potentially there's no real um, crossover to any of us but I think it's worth experimenting with I think it's exciting to try new things I think that we can all benefit a little bit from just taking some of the principles on board so that is something else that I'd like to like for you to consider and finally I thank you for listening Um, I feel like I've gone on lots of tangents I feel like it's all been a little bit chaotic but hopefully you took something away. The main things are understanding what lactate is and that it's a byproduct of energy production and it's part of the anaerobic system and it's involved with getting us energy so that we can sustain, maintain, increase our intensity. Um, As we start to work hard, that lactate threshold, or sorry, that lactate accumulates more in our blood than it's getting cleared out. And we get to about four millimoles in our blood and then all of a sudden things start to get really hard. So we would like to train just below at or just above that intensity so that we can increase our ability to run or work or ride or swim at a higher intensity for longer. That's our goal, right? So we've got our VO2 max and we want to increase our lactate threshold closer and closer to that VO2 max so we can therefore sustain a harder effort for as long as possible. I will leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got more questions, which I sure you, I'm sure you do, please send them through. If you need some coaching advice, if you'd like to just have a chat about your current program, if you want any advice on that, um, I'd love to chat to you about your goals, your races coming up, your current methodology, your current thoughts. If you agree, disagree, hate anything that I've said, aren't sure of anything, please, please send a message through. If you'd like to do your own lactate threshold test or VO2 max test, let me know. We can organize that as well. And I really appreciate you guys listening. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all thriving. Good luck to those doing Beta Bay. If you're listening to this, you've got a couple hours before the race once this goes out. Um, Hope to see you all out there and keen to go for a run with you all. Thank you so much. Check out our links below for Tailwind and Vivo Barefoot and we will catch you next week.